Hello, welcome to Dynasty Cheapskates, where we will be discussing the cheap options in Dynasty football. Guys that can help you, you know, win uh, games and that can help you put depth on your roster. So to start off, we're going to be talking about wide receiver for the Washington Redskins, Steven Sims Jr. Now, the reason I like Steven Sims, he's not the number one. We all know Terry McLaurin's the number one wide receiver on that team. And they just drafted Antonio Garney Golden uh, to bolster up that wide receiving core. They also have Kelvin Harmon. Uh, they have Trey Quinn there. And then they have some guys that tied in like Thaddeus Moss and Jeremy Sprinkle. And we all know their running back core has a lot of players in it, to be honest. In Peyton Barber, Bryce Love, Darius Guys, Antonio Gibson, and the great Adrian Peterson. But... The reason I think Steven Sims is going to be a valuable dynasty asset for you, he might be a wide receiver three, but I think he has a chance to become a wide receiver two if everything strikes right for him. Let's just go over his last three games with Twain Haskins at quarterback for two of them and Case Keenum at quarterback for the last game. So he had 11 targets in his first full game there. He had 10 targets the next game and 8 targets with Case Keenum that last game. So in those 11 target games, he had only 5 catches for 45 yards and 1 touchdown against Philadelphia. That's not bad. Uh, some of the throws were kind of just throwaways that Haskins threw. Some of them, Steven Sims does need to work on his hands. But his second game, he had those 10 targets and he had 6 receptions for 64 yards and 2 touchdowns against the Giants. That's pretty good. And then the last game with Case Keenum, he had eight targets, five receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. That was with Case Keenum, which I think that just shows that the targets he was getting from Keenum were a little bit higher quality. Also in that game, Terry McLaurin was not playing, so Steven Sims was kind of became the number one wide receiver. Kelvin Harmon had some targets, but Steven Sims had the most yards and had that touchdown. Now, you wouldn't think of Steven Sims as a touchdown guy, but he had four touchdowns in those last three games. That was more than Terry McLaurin had in his last two games. He didn't play that last one. But in the last two games, Terry McLaurin only had one touchdown through there. I think Steven Sims is a sneaky touchdown guy. He is just a slot receiver type of guy. He's fast. He's only 170-something pounds. But Terry McLaurin's already talked him up. So if you're getting Terry McLaurin talking about this guy, I think we should pay attention. Ron Rivera, though, uh, we can look back at Carolina. He wasn't really known for using uh, a slot wide receiver small guy other than Steve Smith, which Steven Sims says he wants to model his game after Steve Smith, which I don't know if he can do that. Steve Smith was small, but he ran over people. And Steven Sims is more of a fast get open, and, you know, get the first down and see if you can do something with a screen. So Steven Sims has a chance to really blow up. And I think if he can get on this pace that he was on, averaging around 60 yards a game with a touchdown, this guy will be a good wide receiver three for you, a guy that can fill in bye weeks. And I don't just talk about this guy. I have him on my team in a couple dynasty leagues because I believe in him. He's cheap. In my league, he was free. I bid on him on our free agency waiver wire, so he was free for me, and that's a wide receiver three. 
and I'm I'm willing to pay a third round pick to get Steven Sims on my team if that's what it takes. I mean, I don't think anyone's hoarding this guy unless you have a Washington fan in your league, and I only have one Washington fan in my five leagues I'm in right now. So, and he's not even taking Steven Sims. He wants Terry McLaurin, which is understandable. Terry McLaurin's the number one wide receiver. In those two games, Terry McLaurin had nine targets, seven catches, 86 yards against the Giants. Five for five, 130 yards, and a touchdown against Philly. So yes, Terry McLaurin is the main guy. I think we all know that. And I think everyone's looking for that number two guy on that team, whether it be Kelvin Harmon or Antonio Gandy-Golden. But I think it could be Steven Sims. So go ahead and get this guy on your team. He's free or he's super cheap. Uh, Now on to our next Dynasty cheap guy here. Uh, I got Tyler Boyd. Now, I know Tyler Boyd isn't the bottom of the barrel. People know who he is. You know, he plays for the Bengals. He has Joe Burrow coming over there. And I think that's good for Tyler Boyd. You know, a lot of these Dynasty uh, podcasts, not throwing shade, but a lot of them are writing off Tyler Boyd. But the more and more you go into it, you know, over it in your mind, Tyler Boyd's one of the best options that he can have, that Joe Burrow can have. Not only do rookie quarterbacks target tight ends and slot wide receivers, which is what Tyler Boyd is becoming. Uh, they, they look for those guys who run those sheep, those uh, short routes. And I think that Tyler Boyd is that type of guy. He had last year with an assortment of Andy Dalton and Ryan Finley, he had 148 targets, 90 receptions, 1,046 yards, and five touchdowns. The year before that, he had another 1,000-yard season, and that was with A.J. Green on the field. I know a lot of people were expecting him to just bust out and put up a 1,200-yard season, but it doesn't look like that's what Tyler Boyd's going to be. It looks like Tyler Boyd's going to be that reliable slot wide receiver. I, I see him as another type of Keenan Allen, and I am fine getting a Keenan Allen for cheap. Tyler Boyd is about as cheap as, you know, number two wide receivers as you can get. I mean, he's probably cheaper than Jarvis Landry in most leagues. He's cheaper than, you know, a lot of these wide receiver twos. And Tyler Boyd has some upside. If he has Joe Burrow throwing him 148 targets instead of, you know, Andy Dalton and Ryan Finley, I think I think he can turn it into 100 catches. That's great for PPR. 90 receptions is good for PPR. He He did a good job with what he had. And I think that... Uh, he can he can put up the same numbers that he did this year, next year. And if I can get that wide receiver to production for cheap, then yeah, I'm going to take it. I think you could probably get him for a second-round pick. Uh, I traded off, I think it was Devontae Parker for him. And so I, I love Devontae Parker. I had him on my team for five years. But if I can get Tyler Boyd to consistently give me 1,000 yards every year, then yeah, I'm going to take it. So Tyler Boyd's that second guy. Now we are going over a couple receivers. I think I'm going to go over one more wide receiver. And then we'll move on to uh, another position. But my last wide receiver is a rookie. Uh, It's Isaiah Coulter for the Houston Texans. Now, last year I picked up, I think it was Preston Williams and Darius Slayton off of my waiver wire uh, before the season started. And those two guys turned out to be pretty good. I mean, I like him. I know a lot of my league mates want to trade for him, but they're they're good and they're at you know, 
They're they're developing on my roster. I don't need them to start right now. And they're good. And if they develop into something really good, then yeah, I can trade them. And that's how I see Isaiah Coulter. He is about the only guy that I could have got off my waivers this year. Although I had another guy uh, looking at him on one of my dynasty teams. And so he picked him up. Uh, but Isaiah Coulter is the one guy I can see becoming, you know, that Preston Williams or that Darius Slayton. And I don't like to say that. Uh, I had a guy that he's a podcaster, YouTuber guy that I watched uh, last year just trying to, you know, get my dynasty team a little bit better. So I figured I'd, I'd listen to a couple different guys. And I listened to this guy try to call out the next James Conner. And his his uh, thing to call out the next James Conner to get the guy for cheap was Jalen Samuels, and I believe it was Benny Snell too. So he wanted me to get both of those guys to become the next James Conner when James Conner was still on the team. So I I really don't like saying this guy's going to be the next Darius Slayton or the next Preston Williams. But if I had a gun to my head and I had to choose on these wide receivers that you can get off of free agency, these rookie wide receivers, it's Isaiah Coulter. The main reason for that is Isaiah Coulter is 6'3", 190 pounds, and he runs a 4.45. He's fast. He's big. Uh, he was a fifth-round pick, so not many people are going to be taking him from you in your rookie drafts. You'll probably be able to get him off the waiver wire. The other guys on his team, all of them are under six foot, so he's the tallest wide receiver in the room. Uh, he's 190 pounds. There's only Randall Cobb is 192, and Kenny Stills is 190. So those are the only two guys that weigh as much as him. But Randall Cobb's 5'10", and Kenny Stills is six foot. The other guys they have on that roster, uh, Kiki Cutie, who is 5'10", 187, who was in the doghouse last year and didn't get much playing time. Then you have Brandon Cooks, 5'10", 185. Brandon Cooks is a really good player, but he's not the same. He doesn't play the same game as Isaiah Coulter. Then you get Will Fuller, 6'172". Now, all these guys run under a 4.47. Randall Cobb's the slowest. He's at a 4.46. Then it's Coulter at 4.45. Then you got uh, Kiki QT, 4.43. Then Kenny Stills, 4.38. Then Brandon Cooks, 4.33. And then Will Fuller, 4.32. So all these guys are fast. But Isaiah Coulter is a great jump ball guy, and he's big. He can, if. If uh, Deshaun Watson's gonna try to be, try to get the next DeAndre Hopkins, it'll be Isaiah Coulter. He fits that build. I'm not saying Isaiah Coulter is near the athlete that DeAndre Hopkins is, but he's the closest thing that they have to it there. Now, my only worry with him is Bill O'Brien. Uh, he doesn't seem to put the best player on the field at times. I mean, I think Duke Johnson is a better running back than Carlos Hyde but Carlos Hyde got the majority of the work, even though Duke Johnson was more efficient with the work he got. So that's my only concern. And this wide receiver room is filled with, I mean, good-ish players. Will Fuller's good when he's on the field. Brandon Cooks is good when he's on the field. Cobb proved that he still has something left in the tank. Kenny Stills proved that he had something left in the tank. And if QTQT ever got out of the doghouse, he could probably prove that he has some stuff. Now... Uh, the most I'd be willing to give up for a Coulter is a fourth-round pick. I'm not willing to give up a lot for Coulter. He hasn't proven anything. He's a rookie. But I think most likely you can get him off your waiver wires unless you have someone that 
has just been studying film and sees that, oh man, this guy is, he does something that no one else on that wide receiver room does. That's what uh, Darius Slayton was. He was a fast, big guy. No one else on that team was really fast and big. I mean, Golden Tate is fast. He's big-ish, but he's old. And he was suspended. And then you had Sterling Shepard. He's fast. He's a slot guy. Darius Slayton is that ex-wide receiver. So I think Isaiah Coulter could be that ex-wide receiver lining up on the other side of Brandon Cooks. And then you have Will Fuller playing slot. And then maybe Kenny Stills gets thrown in there. Kenny Stills played a lot of slot last year for the Texans, and he did a good job at it. And QT, yet again, probably won't get on the field. But moving on to our tight ends. Uh, That was all for the wide receivers. I want to move on to tight ends. I don't have a lot. I only have two tight ends. But I wanted to give at least two, and these are the two that I feel confident in picking up. Uh, we'll start with the guy that I picked up on my own team. I dropped Jacob Hollister for this guy. Kahale Warren for the Texans, yet again. Uh, he's the tight end. Now, of course, you have Jordan Aikens and Darren Fells on the team. Uh, Aikens put up 418 yards and two touchdowns. Darren Fells put up 341 yards and seven touchdowns. So we can see that Deshaun Watson is willing to throw it to the tight ends. Let's say Kahale Warren is the only tight end that gets on the field. Well, if we just take the yards and the touchdowns from the other guys, he he has over 700 yards there and nine touchdowns. That's a really good tight end. And Kahale Warren is very athletic. Uh, And Bill O'Brien came out and said that the tight end room, they're going to have an open competition. Kahale Warren did not see the field last year. And he's more athletic than Jordan Aikens and Darren Fells. I think he could win out the job. And if he wins out the job, I think he might be Deshaun Watson's favorite target. Now, I know I was just talking up Isaiah Coulter, but Kahale Warren, he's 6'6", 225 pounds, and he runs a 4'4", He is a fast tight end, a vertical tight end. He was picked in the third round last year. I mean, the guy is uber-athletic. He's better than Aiken and Darren Fells. I, I think he could be the starting tight end for the Texans week one. And if that happens, look at this guy to be one of the targets that Sean Watson looks at. Because he's big, he's fast, and he's the tight end in town that can get it done. Now, moving on to another, our other tight end. I had this guy last year. I dropped him a little bit too soon. I was getting... Too much rookie fever, had too many picks, and had to drop some guys. But this guy, I think, has a chance, either this year or next year. I think next year would be the the real the real year you could see him break out. His name's Foster Moreau. He plays for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I know Darren Waller's there, and Darren Waller had a great year last year. He had 1,145 yards, 90 receptions. He only had three touchdowns. Foster Moreau, on the other hand, had five touchdowns. He only had 21 targets for 174 yards, but he had five touchdowns. Derek Carr trusts this guy, and he's willing to throw it up to him in the end zone. Now, he was a fourth-round pick. He's 6'4", 250 pounds. He's a big guy, and I think they brought in Jason Witten to coach up some of these guys, and Jason Witten's a perfect guy for Foster Moreau to learn under. Jason Witten is the king of getting open. And if Foster Moreau can learn how to get open in the middle of the field instead of just in the end zone, this guy could be dangerous in 2021. 
they could let Darren Waller walk or cut him in 2021 and not have a big cap hit. And Foster Moreau could step in as that main tight end, which Gruden loves to use the tight end. He said it last year that the offense runs through the tight end. And if Foster Moreau becomes the starting tight end of the Las Vegas Raiders, look for him to have a big spike in targets. And let's see how it goes. I mean, it'll be his third year in 2021, and he could break out. So keep an eye on him. Uh, I would say out of those two, I would rather have Kahale warning for this year. But Foster Moreau's a nice little taxi squad guy. I had him on my taxi squad in a couple leagues. And I'm looking forward to what he's going to do for us. Now, moving on to quarterbacks. Uh, I didn't pick any rookie quarterbacks. If I did, it'd probably be Jordan Love or Jacob Eason uh, that are going to be the cheapest guys. But I wanted to keep it with some, you know, some veterans. I had a couple rookies on here. I want to go with some veteran quarterbacks that you can get for cheap. The first one... I've heard on so many podcasts, people are just counting this guy out. And that's what they did last year. And I liked this guy last year. His name's Gardner Minshew. I'm pretty sure a lot of people know who he is. He's the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They gave him the keys. They got rid of Nick Foles, and it's it's Minshew mania now. Uh, a lot of people are saying they're going to tank for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or even Trey Lance. I can see that happening, but if Gardner Minshew is the gunslinger that we saw last year, then they may not be in a position to grab one of those quarterbacks. And I think Gardner Minshew is a great guy that you can get for this year. You can count on this guy to put up some numbers this year. Going into the future, I don't know. I get nervous some nights and want to trade him off, but then I tell myself, hey, this guy put up 20 points per game in PPR last year. I'm fine with that as my number two QB. He had 3,271 yards, 21 touchdowns, only six picks as a rookie. This guy is accurate. He can chunk the ball. He doesn't have the best arm, but he can chunk the ball, and he has a great connection with DJ Chark. I mean, everyone was looking at DJ Chark two years ago, and he did nothing. And Gardner Minshew steps in, and boom, DJ Chark's a new fantasy asset that people are raving about. And, I mean, if we if we look in the preseason, who was everyone talking up at wide receiver? D.D. Westbrook, because Nick Foles threw to D.D. Westbrook so many times in the preseason. And then you had Garner Minshew step in there, and D.J. Chark's a beast. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think Garner Minshew, he knows the players that he can throw it to and the players that can make plays. He trusted, Gar- he d- trusted D.J. Chark, and D.J. Chark didn't let him down. He threw to D.D. Westbrook. He threw it to other guys, but he threw it to DJ Chark because him and DJ Chark have a connection. Now, what a lot of people are going to say is, oh, look at his QBR. He averaged a 42.6. That was 26 in the league. Yeah, that's bad. He was a rookie. I don't think that teams are figuring him out. I mean, he's. it, it doesn't seem like it's hard to figure out Garner Minshew. You put some pressure in his face. Yeah, he was a rookie. He's going to He's going to make mistakes. But six interceptions, that's pretty good for a rookie that teams have figured out. I mean, look at the last game. He threw for 300 and I think it was 21 yards against the Colts in his last game. And people said that, are saying now that teams have figured him out. Well, if we're going by that logic, he was doing bad his last games whenever he came back in. When Nick Foles took over the job and then Garner Minshew 
get Nick Foles benched again. Yeah, he didn't look very good. I mean, we've seen it time and time again when people sit quarterbacks for a couple weeks and they come back, they don't do good. That's how the quarterback position works. He was in a rhythm, they took him out of his rhythm, and then they tried to thrust him back in. I wouldn't do good either if I was put in that situation, but Garner Minshew made the most out of it. Now, I think Garner Minshew, he's a, he's a good quarterback, and let's say they draft Trevor Lawrence. Well, they have Garner Minshew as the backup. Say they want Trevor to sit for a year. You know, it's great to have a rookie quarterback sit for a year because when they come in that second year, it's so much better for their confidence. Uh, and Garner Minshew is a good guy to sit under. Or let's say they make him his backup. Well, we can look at some teams that might need a quarterback. Let's say Garner Minshew, uh, Bill Belichick tries to trade for Garner Minshew. What's he going to have to give up? A fifth round pick? I think Belichick would do that for Garner Minshew to start over Jared Stidham. And, I mean, if Cam Newton does good this year, yeah, they could bring him back. Cam's probably going to want a good contract, but Bill Belichick would love to work with Garner Minshew. Garner Minshew can be a good quarterback. He can be a system quarterback. Let's say he, the Saints trade for him. If the Saints trade for Garner Minshew, you're telling me that people are going to say Garner Minshew's a bust? No. If one of those guys trade for Garner Minshew next year, if the Jaguars do bad enough to get a quarterback, and he goes to one of those teams, people's song that they're singing right now is going to change quickly. They're going to say, oh, Sean Payton wants Garner Minshew. He must be a good quarterback. Oh, Bill Belichick wants Garner Minshew. He must be a good quarterback. Or even maybe the Colts. I like Jacob Eason, but Frank Reich knows quarterbacks. I, I'm just saying, Garner Minshew's a great asset to have this year, and he's super cheap. And I, I know that Maybe you won't get him the next year, 2021. He may be a backup then, but for this year, if I have to pay a third-round pick for Garner Minshew, I'm doing it all day. If I can get a number two, number three quarterback on my team for a third-round pick, yeah, give me Garner Minshew. But enough with my love of Garner Minshew. I'll move on to my next quarterback, and that's Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, And, you know, you hear a lot of people, and a lot of people are excited for Teddy Bridgewater. They say he's a really accurate quarterback, and he did good with the work that he had. Uh, and I heard a podcast say say that they love Teddy Bridgewater, and they would take him as their number two quarterback this year. Well, that same podcast said they hated Carner Minshew. And guess what? Teddy Bridgewater only had a 48.9 QBR in the games that he played. That's only six points ahead of Garner Minshew. You're telling me that that six points is between a quarterback that you wanted your quarterback to and another one that you would just throw in the garbage? No. Teddy Bridgewater's good. Garner Minshew's good. And I think the system that Teddy Bridgewater is in plays to his strengths. He has good weapons. He threw for 1,384 yards, nine touchdowns, only two interceptions in the games he played. That's really good for Teddy. And I know Sean Payton was scheming up plays for him and they had to change the offense a little bit from Drew Brees, but I think Matt Rule and Joe Brady will do the same thing for him. I mean, just look at his weapons. So he has Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, as of right now, is better than Alvin Kamara. And then their number one wide receiver, DJ Moore, is not better than Michael Thomas, but he can run the same things that Michael Thomas runs and be effective. Not as effective as Michael Thomas, I'm not saying that, but he has two guys that, if I took 
Chris McCaffrey and DJ Moore and was trying to trade for Kamara and Thomas, yeah, the person would give me Kamara and Thomas because CMC and DJ Moore together, I think, in my personal opinion, are better than mm-hmm. Kamara and Thomas together. Thomas is the number one wide receiver. Christian McCaffrey is the number one running back and a top 12 wide receiver rolled into one. Then you got DJ Moore, another top 15 wide receiver. So I think Teddy Bridgewater can succeed with the guys he has. He has guys that can make plays after the catch, and that's all those yards go to the quarterback too. And I think that's good for Teddy Bridgewater. Their defense is not very good right now, and that just means more opportunities for Teddy Bridgewater to score more touchdowns and gain more yards. And that's good for fantasy. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is in the same situation as Garner Minshew. If it happens that Carolina's a bottom three team, then Teddy's probably going to be a backup or out of Carolina next year in 2021. They could, in the same terms, get a Trevor Lawrence, a Trey Lance, or a Justin Fields. But as the number two quarterback on my team, I'm fine with it. Teddy Bridgewater's probably a little bit more expensive than Garner Minshew. You probably have to pay a second in non-superflex. Uh, but I'm, I'm willing to do that if I need it. QB2. I just, I have a feeling, and that's not a good thing for fantasy analysts to say, but I have a feeling that Bridgewater's going to do okay. He's going to do fine. He'll be a good quarterback too for you. I'm not worried about it. He's a top 24 quarterback in that system right now. And Garner Minshew's, I think, still a top 24 quarterback, even in his horrible system with his horrible team. But if I if I keep on talking about quarterbacks, I'm going to keep on going back to Garner and just keep on going on with my love about him. So let's move on to our last two players, our running backs. Uh, Tariq Cohen for the Chicago Bears. If you play in a PPR league, you're going to hear it all the time. Tariq Cohen is a guy that you have to get. Yes, he is very good in PPR leagues. He He was not very good last year. He had 104 targets. That's Amazing, 79 catches, only 456 yards, and three touchdowns. In 2018, the guy had 91 targets, 71 receptions, and then he had 725 yards and five touchdowns. If Tariq Cohen can get back to that 2018 form, Tariq Cohen is a top 24 running back in PPR leagues. And he's cheap. I think I got him for a third-round pick last year on... That was coming off the 2018 season when he was a top, I think he was a top 12 running back that year, just because of his PPR value. I think the Bears can get back on track and that Tariq Cohen can go back to his 2018 form. Mitch Trubisky is putting in more work. I know that's horrible to say, but Trubisky's putting in some work. And even if Trubisky is not the quarterback, you have Nick Foles. Nick Foles will throw it to the running back. He's not afraid to do it, whether that be David Montgomery or the better PPR weapon, Tariq Cohen. And Cohen played snaps in the slot. Yet again, Nick Foles likes the slot. I know maybe Anthony Miller will be there, but we'll see about his health. I mean, Tariq Cohen was playing in the slot last year. In the first game, he played some slot. So I like Tariq Cohen, and I think he will do just fine for you as a PPR guy. Our last guy, a little bit controversial, I know some people love him, some people don't want anything to do with him, but it's Naheem Hines. For the sheer fact alone that Phillip Rivers is on his team, 
and that's the only reason anyone is wanting Naheem Hines. Last year, he had 58 targets, 44 receptions, 320 yards, zero touchdowns. Uh, If we look at Austin Eckler, which everyone likes to point to, he had 108 targets, 92 receptions, 993 yards, and eight touchdowns. I'm not saying Naheem Hines is going to do anything like Austin Eckler did. I'm not even saying he's going to have 100 targets, but give me 80 targets for Naheem Hines, give me 500 yards and maybe two or three touchdowns. That's good. That's good enough for me. He could have blow-up weeks where he has 11 targets, or he could have weeks where he has two targets or zero targets. It all depends. I think we're all waiting to see if Naheem Hines can get that PPR work. And I think Frank Reich sees that, yeah, Naheem Hines is one of my better pass-catching running backs. Marlon Mack's good at it, but they don't use him that way. And Jonathan Taylor's there. And we'll see if they use him the same way they use Mack or if they use him as a three-down running back. But Naeem Hines, if he can get Philip Rivers' trust and just get some of those dump-off passes on third down and break away for 10, 20 yards, Naeem Hines could be very relevant for us. I don't think he will be a top 12. He won't be a top 24, most likely. But, you know, a running back three on some bye weeks or if someone gets hurt on my team, I'm comfortable enough putting Naeem Hines into my lineup. And I'm not going to be afraid to do it because he could have those big blow-up weeks. Frank Reich has said as much that Hines can have an 11-target-a-game type of year. Or he could have three or four. It all depends on Hines, and it all depends on Philip Rivers. But Naheem Hines is dirt cheap. Give someone a fourth-round pick. Give him some of your fab money. I think you can get Naheem Hines for next to nothing. And the upside that he can have is well worth that pick. Well, guys, it was uh, good talking to you guys. Thank you for listening to the first episode. Let me know what I did right, what I did wrong uh, in this episode. I'd love to hear from you guys. It is, of course, my first episode, so if the sound quality isn't as good, if I'm repeating myself or stuttering, I mean, I, I will try and fix that. But if you guys enjoyed... Uh, Please follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm setting up a Twitter right now, so I'm going to try to make it at Dynasty Cheapskates. If I end up changing it or having to put numbers in it or something, then uh, I'll let you guys know in the next episode. Uh, That's the podcast account. If you guys want to go to my main account, I'm at there. I changed it uh, on Twitter. I don't have an Instagram yet or Facebook that you guys can follow. But uh, these episodes should be out on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, all those things. Right now it's on Anchor. So if you guys enjoy, uh, tell your friends, go check it out, retweet me. Uh, I'd love to get your guys' suggestions and your opinions on the next show. If you have any questions that you want answered on the show, let me know. Uh, I'll let you know my opinion. It may be wrong, it may be right. You guys may love it, you may hate it. Uh, But... I will never know unless you guys let me know what you think. So thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.